back to Project 99. It is December 30th, 2020. We only have one more day this year. Yay! I wish I could be celebrating that, thinking that 2021 is going to be any better, but I just don't have a lot of hope. (laughs) We're finally back after, I think, a two or three week break. We had to take a break for a while because I had coronavirus. Yes. So that fucking sucked. Yep. But now I'm better and I'm not contagious. Thank so goodness. Here we are, but I am super tired. My sleep got so messed up when I had COVID because I was just like sleeping all day. Um, so now I stay awake until 7 a.m. and then I sleep all day long. <laughs> and I'm trying to be awake right now, so I'm so tired. Yeah, you look like you're like punched in the face. I'm so tired. I got to get my sleep back together, though, because I have to go back to work. And... um yeah, gotta get together. So there's been a lot of shit that's yeah, happened. Yeah. I mean, goodness, let's see. What um I mean the same start? it's the same typical bullshit over and over <laughs> again as of all politics are. But um We did have a bombing. We should talk about that for one minute. Yeah, the um Nashville terrorist suicide bomber in Nashville. Which that's this is probably the only place you'll hear it called that because we don't like to call white men that. Oh, yes. In America. We can't call him a terrorist or, I mean, suicide bomber even. And the thing is, too, they're like, well, he played an announcement before he blew it up. So, I mean, and they're, they're kind of like acting in a way like he wasn't really that bad of a guy because he wanted to let people, he wanted to warn people. Okay, I'll give you that's better than not warning people. But at the same time, like it damaged forty four freaking buildings. Like, how did you know? Like, you're not going to kill somebody. Like, if I don't... it was like for a good cause too, I could be like, you know what, destruction of property <laughs> for a good cause. I can turn my head. But like, wasn't this guy just a fucking nut? Okay, so they still haven't released a motive. So that's a problem. <clears throat> like, at least if you're going to do it, you need to have a pretty. You know what I mean? Like, right. if this guy was going in here like. Americans are suffering and the government is fighting over giving us fucking scraps and I'm going to blow all these buildings up. I'd be like, hell yeah, man. But like. He didn't do that. The only thing I've heard floated is a theory is that he was paranoid about 5G. But, and the AT&T building was right there. But the authorities are really being shady about like not wanting to say what his motive was. So I don't know if they're mm. just really not wanting to have to backtrack and look dumb. And they also are not telling what the mode of the ex- method of explosion was. And I get it that they're worried about copycats and all that kind of stuff. But I think it should be disturbing to anyone that a, that a regular average person could be under the radar and accumulate that much explosive shit. And here's the other thing. It came out today that his ex-girlfriend reported him in 2019 to the police and the FBI were aware of him. So why did they for, lie? She reported him for, for making, making explosives. Yeah. Yes. So the police originally said this guy was not on the radar. So A, they lied flat out. Or Straight it's a up gross lie. mismanagement of very serious information. I, I mean, mean, maybe she reported it to the cops and the cops just didn't include that no, in but listen, report. No, but listen, the cops there, she, he's lived there the whole time. So if she reported it to them, they would be the ones that would have known about it. And the FBI is, I'm pretty sure, like, they report stuff about bomb, bomb suspects, like, internally across the entire country. You'd almost have to. You know, if you get a report of somebody that you think's building a bomb... You know, in West Virginia, aren't you going to tell FBI all over the country, like, hey, here's a memo that we're keeping an eye on this guy. So if he travels to your area or whatever, 
and for them to say they had he was not on the radar like before you tell the news media he's not on your radar are you going to do a google of your own a search of your own shit to see hey did we ever look into this guy so i feel like they lied i don't think that was an oversight i think they lied and said he wasn't on radar not expecting this ex-girlfriend to pop up and go yeah like we told i told you about him so now she did that and they got some splaining to do on that and then the police said that they went to his house they did try to talk to him so you're telling me that you didn't have any documentation when the news media asked you that you went to this guy's house they tried to go in and, and like talk to him and ask him some questions he refused to talk to them his lawyer stonewalled the police from talking to him and they didn't get a search warrant so that's all very bizarre to me that there wasn't more action. Just like the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooter was reported to the police and the right. FBI, like how many times do people have to report stuff and nothing gets done about it? Yeah, it's pretty funny too because they always say when there's a terrorist attack that involves anybody who isn't white, they look on whatever race or ethnicity that person is and they they talk to that race or ethnicity like, well, you people should denounce or you know, you need to make, you need to report, you know what I mean? Like the whole argument that like, well, good Muslims need to report bad Muslims. Mm -hmm. And it's just fucking hilarious because it's like literally how many cases have we seen now where, you know, it involves white people who we don't want to call terrorists. Well, we and, got the sheriff they, up there in Michigan, Darleaf, defending the terrorists. Well, there. that's what I'm saying. Like, and then when white people are like, listen, hey, we're reporting this guy. <laughs> and then we're like, no, no, so, we didn't mean that message for you. Like. I'll be interested to see what comes out about that. So that was some news. And then um, we talked in our one podcast about um, Giuliani and his minions and how they were, you know, getting these affidavits and manufacturing evidence and doing all this crazy stuff to try to prove the election was stolen. And, you know, specifically, we talked about the fact that when they take stuff to court and they actually go to that level of people signing affidavits and stuff, now you could actually suffer consequences for taking that next step. which For lying. Which makes people who are listening to your argument go, damn, they must have something because they wouldn't go to that level because now if they're lying, there's consequences. Well, the consequences came home to roost this week because Dominion and Smartmatic are now filing lawsuits against Giuliani, against his star witness, uh, Melissa Carone, um, and against Sydney Powell, Fox News, OANN, Newsmax, all these people who propagated all these stories about Dominion software. They slandered their company. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, I went on their Twitter, which I'm sure a lot of people did, and said, listen, if you don't, like, take some action against these people spreading these falsehoods about your company, you are looking guilty. Like, you have to take action against them, which they probably were already you know, contemplating, like, we are going to have to do something, so what are we going to do? So now they have sent formal cease and desist letters to them and asked them to preserve evidence because um, litigation is imminent. So that is a good sign because people that spread lies to that level are extremely dangerous. They need to be held accountable. And they need to be held accountable. Absolutely. The same way, too, I saw on Twitter, which actually I was telling... Uh, Mick about it on the 26th was I saw a post that was talking about those Dominion machines being at that AT&T building and I read some different things about that and at first I was like man well wouldn't that be interesting like maybe that is a motive but so far there has been nothing confirming that and of course immediately um, 
a lot of conservative right-wing groups are running with that and saying that um, this guy's a Democrat, obviously, and that's why he did this bombing because, you know, either he was set up to do it or he did it to try to cover up the <coughs> voting fraud and the stolen election and blah, 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 you know, whatever way they want to fucking spin it. So I'm, I'm not surprised that these conspiracies are already coming out with literally zero evidence the only evidence any of these people ever provide when they're bitching about it is like screenshots of facebook posts from nobodies like right. just <clears throat> random ass fucking people um but like i i was telling you the other day uh there's just there's just no arguing logic anymore the other big news is that since we've been on here is the coronavirus vaccine is being distributed and that's another giant right-wing conspiracy. It's apparently, you know, Bill Gates is microchipping people because he needs to track you from Walmart to your trailer park. Like, I don't fucking understand. What makes you think? Well, I mean, really? Come on. Like, I like conspiracy theories, but seriously, like, why would Bill Gates... I mean, I don't even want to get into it. This could be a whole fucking episode, but just, Jesus. Well, my mom think, told me today that... a second before you repeat right. the fucking QAnon garbage that you read off of the internet and immediately believe is true... That does this any does any of this make sense? Who benefits from this? What do they get from it? I mean, just absolutely not. All Bill Gates would have to do if he wanted to track everybody's movements is fucking give them a free app to play and they'll all download it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, jeez. <laughs> My mom told me today that the vaccine is putting DNA into your body, foreign DNA. And I was like, Oh, is this the whole mark of the beast thing? That again? is not what is happening. And I'm like, you know, I I understand why people have any kind of hesitancy when it comes to any governmental action because every we single person that has told me that they have legitimate concerns that they don't know what the long term effects will be or what the side effects will be, I completely a hundred percent think that is but legitimate. That's not the same as one hundred percent jumping on board to some nonsense that you have zero proof of. Like, right. If you tell me you don't want to get the coronavirus vaccine because you're not sure that there's been enough trials done or you worry okay, about the side effects, I one hundred percent agree with you. That shit happens all the time. We see lawsuits come out five, ten years after things as simple as birth control and all the problems that it causes. We see commercials on TV all the time, like, oh, if you had this birth control, you know, you right, might have ovarian yeah. cancer now. Like, yeah. I 100% agree with that sentiment. That's not saying that I believe fucking Bill Gates is putting chips or some kind of DNA that's going to turn you into a lizard in the fucking <laughs> vaccine. I mean, come on. Jesus. Uh, it's it's, just not, even, it's the... not even hard to, like... I'm at that point, I gotta say, it's the end of 2020 and I'm at that point where I'm just tired of trying to reason with the cult people. Yeah. Because I'm just, I'm fucking tired, dude. There's not even a shred of... of. I think really uh, there's been times in history where people had just have like psychotic breaks, like the entire society has a psychotic break and I feel like that's happened over the last four years. And... um. Today, one of our, our topic is going to be related to that and how certain people in positions of power <clears throat> will use, you know, chaos and paranoia to kind of manipulate people. And so that's going to be like the focus of our, our conversation today. But there was a hearing today and I didn't get to watch much of it, but it was about the election fraud. And um, just from a summary that I read on the AP, uh, nothing new came out. Shocker. Um, you know, and some of the Republicans are like, well, we're just trying to address these concerns. And the only thing that I have to say about that is, you know, during the 2018 elections and after the 2016 elections, there were a lot of Democrats that were saying, like, we need to make sure that our elections are secure, blah, blah, blah. And the Republicans didn't want to do anything about it. Not a fucking thing. So 
after your guy loses is a bad time for you. If you don't want people to say it's politically motivated, then don't wait until after your guy loses to start whining about it. Which I'm not saying that the Democrats weren't crying foul because they lost, but there was actual substantiated evidence that there was meddling in the 2016 elections. And we have proof that there was Russian interference. There's like, you know what I mean? There was a lot of verifiable, backed up evidence and proof to substantiate those claims or those concerns right so that was a point when our country should have come together democrats and republicans have been like we need to make sure our elections are secure because we are a democracy and we need to make sure this is legit but the republicans didn't want to do that because their guy won so that's all they cared about and because they fucking knew that there absolutely was proof of those claims which came out later and apparently means nothing because you can just deny the guy that opened the guy that opened up the hearing that gave the opening statement um threw a some shade about the 2016 election saying that you know the impeachment hoax why and that's another was, thing too they it, keep repeating the word impeachment hoax. hoax it wasn't a hoax there was no fucking hoax about it evidence was presented and the motherfucker was found to be guilty of everything he was accused of like right but it's so um you know disingenuous to say that the reason the American people have doubts about the election right now is because Democrats impeached the president. That No, the reason they have doubts is because Donald Trump started months before the election saying it was going to be rigged. He's been saying the 2016, he said the 2016 was going to be rigged. He's been doubting election stuff literally forever. So that just in case he ever lost, he could just say, there's the proof. It's like Nostradamus, like you predict things enough times and then when it does happen, you'd be like, see, I told you. Well, yeah, that's the ultimate method is just say, you know, just throw everything, just say everything's black and say everything's white. And then, you know, no matter if it turns out black or white, you're still right because you said both. (laughs) So anyway, on to the stimulus checks. Um, Mitch McConnell blocked the stimulus checks because he wants to put forth a new piece of legislation that gives Trump two things on his wish list. One of those things is the repeal of Section 230, which... It's been in the news the last few days, so everybody probably knows what it is by now, but just in case you don't, Section 230 was actually written by Republicans um, back in, like, 1996, and it concerned the Internet before social media was a thing. Twitter wasn't, didn't even exist. But what they were trying to delineate under the law was who is responsible for material that is put on a website. Is it the person who creates the website or is the host of the website? And so why suddenly... Does Mitch McConnell and Trump give a fuck about this? Because Trump wants to sue Twitter. And these Republicans see deep pockets in tech companies and they want the money. Just like uh, Devin Nunes wants to sue everybody. Every time someone looks at him crossways, he wants to sue somebody. They see money. They see an opportunity. And just like the kid that was on CNN, the the, uh, boy that said CNN slandered him and Washington Post slandered him. The Sandman kid from the Native American confrontation. Oh, yeah, the shitbag that smiled in the face of Native Americans trying to be little. Well, apparently, the way the story was reported was slanderous to him. And he did win a settlement. Um, It didn't actually go to a formal, you know, like where he won. But they settled out of court. He sued for like $236 million, some crazy amount of money. Um, which is funny because he had no name before this incident happened. So how did someone damage your name when you you were nobody? Nobody even knew who you were. But now that it's come out, like you're basically catapulted into fame and have all this, you know, attention. And he's never going to want for anything in his life because of the negative. He, what he says was negative attention. But in any event, 
So his lawyer in that case was one of these crazy uh, election conspiracy people, Lynn Wood. So that's who his attorney was. And um, Which you know, note is why the media should stop making these stupid fucking racist garbage human beings famous because you're only helping them. Well, it's, it's actually an industry. So when somebody is on a conservative side, they portray themselves as a victim of the media. And they're suddenly like catapulted into Republican stardom now. This is the new uh, branding that is going on. There's a lady that uh, just won the third district out in Colorado. She was a restaurant owner. Um, her, her name of her restaurant was Shooters Bar and Grill because all of her waitstaff carry guns. So she's one of these, I'm going to flash a gun. I'm going to flash a Bible. I'm going to do all, say all the pro-gun, pro-life, pro-this, pro-that, hate communism, uh, hate socialism. It basically just re spit out all these taglines and your brand. Okay, we recognize the brand, so we buy you as the Trump brand and put you into office. But she literally doesn't have any platform. She's not going to do anything for anybody, the people that voted for her. She's just branding herself as a Trump brand Republican, Tea Party style Republican, and that's what got her into this office. This is literally what they want, though. That's why they vote for these people. They absolutely do not vote for people based on... Right, so on I mean, I'm hoping that just after so many years of those people, like, doing nothing in office, that they'll get tired of their money. Yeah, well, I wish that was the case, but we see how that's worked out for the Democratic Party, too. That, you know, these people who, like, virtue signal by fucking honing in on social justice issues get elected, and they do absolutely fucking nothing for right. us, but stand up there and be like... Exactly. It's hey, on the uh, left and the right, Black yes. lives matter, and gay rights matter, but also fuck all you poor people. Like... Yeah, we're not gonna fight for wages. We're gonna fuck all the poor people equally. Like, thank you very fucking much. Yeah, they both do it, and it's... Yeah. I mean, so, I, that, that's the point I'm getting at is... I don't know. I guess the reason why I hate this brand of conservatism where literally your whole fucking personality is just whatever fox news rebukes to you is is that it's just only a further divide i mean I, I see people at least in my circle you know becoming more progressive and less loyal to the democratic party because we all recognize that they're fucking crooks mm -hmm. and i see the, the republican party just becoming stronger because they have no substance at all they just go with whatever is on brand and i'm like right this is never we're never going to unite the working it's class it's become very rate. shallow people aren't statesmen and politicians anymore they're just um i mean there's so many people right now that won't even fucking talk bad about trump or mitch mcconnell for all this bullshit going on with the stimulus check and i'm just like how can you l literally how are you still standing behind this shit right so if anybody is still wondering like what the thing is with 230 here's my thing you know conservatives are crying all the time that they're being censored and discriminated against by places like Twitter, okay, and Facebook. But if you open up Twitter and Facebook to liability and say that they can be sued for something someone else, what happened to the, we're the party of personal responsibility. Republicans are like, we're the party where, you know, we don't want to punish the manufacturer, we want to punish the individual. Always focus on the individual. Everybody has, you know, it's the individual's responsibility. But now they want to say that Twitter's responsible for something I put on there. And it's really about getting to Twitter's deep pockets. That's what it's all about. And they also want to sue to say that, to try to force Twitter to put more conservative content on their platform because they say they're being discriminated against. Well, right, listen. so here's the Republican point of view. We can um, tell you that your employer doesn't have to give you birth patrol because their company is a person that is allowed to have religious right. rights. But also... <laughs> We're Twitter's not a company, them. yes. We're, Twitter is not allowed to be its own individual person and decide what their platform is. Exactly. Like, it's just such does, fucking there's bullshit. There's no consistency whatsoever to it. It's just whatever is good for me. Right now. That's what I want to sue 
to get to happen. So, um, but this will be horrible because just like there was a piece of legislation that cut out a certain liability protection that said that if, if, a, if a website is used for prostitution, that the website can also be fined for their website being used for that, okay? Well, what happened as a result of that was websites deleted, like Reddit and Google and a couple of other platforms deleted segments of their... Craigslist was the big one. Yes, because they said, look, we're not going we, to police it and put ourselves up to the danger of the liability, so we're just not going to do it anymore. Right. So if Twitter becomes liable for something somebody says on their site, they're literally going to censor everything because they're not going to want to get sued. And so these Republicans who say they're for free speech, they're not for free speech because it's going to lead to huge censorship if you can sue Twitter and Facebook. I hate Facebook. Which um, it just should be, it's not that you shouldn't be able to sue over these types of th things. If somebody gets on Facebook and absolutely slanders somebody else, then you can sue that person. The person, yes. Right. But what they're trying to do is make it so you can literally sue Facebook. Exactly. And at that point, Facebook will probably just fucking, I don't know, they will rearrange their platform because they're not going to. That's like you suing this microphone in front of me for something I said on Well, it. and you know, it's Republicans stupid. say this all the time when, you know, lawsuits come up about guns. And I say this is so ridiculous, too. And I've seen it happen so many times, even even personally working for, in, a, in a legal industry. I've seen this, that, you know, a crime is committed with a weapon. And not only is the person who used the weapon sued, but the weapon manufacturer and who they bought it from right, which and is the bullets, dumb. they're all sued. Which is dumb. And, you know, Democrats shit on Bernie Sanders when he said that, that you, you shouldn't, know, be, allowed, you shouldn't right. be allowed to sue these manufacturers because the gun didn't malfunction. It worked perfectly. It's the person that used it was right. wrong. Democrats shit on him for that. But I believe that 100%. That's 100% right. You shouldn't be able to sue fucking Glock or Smith & Wesson or whatever gun. You shouldn't be able to sue them because the gun didn't manufacture. It didn't, it didn't malfunction. Right. It worked perfectly. Right. You can't sue a manufacturer for but something that was that all about. Does. That was all about the anti-gun lobby trying to bankrupt the industry. That will just right. bankrupt you. Exactly. Just... And and now you know the Republicans were all against it then, mm -hmm. and I agreed with them mm -hmm. on that front. But now they've just totally flipped coin because this this fits their agenda, and it's just I don't know when pe when are people just going to stop picking well, these fucking and the sides. Thing, the thing that they try to argue is that Twitter and Facebook avoid the liability that say the washington the, the washington post has or new york times so if new york times runs a story that i write and they don't verify that story as a publisher they can be sued and they're saying why can't twitter be sued as a publisher why do they get exemption well i'll tell you why you idiot it's the same difference as as a as a telephone Twitter and Facebook are mediums by which human beings communicate with each other. Yeah, they're not a publisher. They're, they're a, not a publisher. They're a social media platform. It's the FCC communications. If you want to say that they can't put pornographic material on there, if you want to say that stuff like that, fine. That's fine. But you can't say that they are responsible for content of human beings. That's like <coughs> saying AT&T is responsible for me using the phone. That's so dumb. Right, yeah. I mean, when, what is this, a slippery slope to, I mean, first, you can't post things on Facebook because Facebook has to worry about being sued. And, like, next, you can't text things to your friends because right. AT&T worried about being sued about I what mean, you said in those text exactly. messages. I mean, it'll this is a slippery never, fucking slope. It'll and never go anywhere. You know, I always say fuck the FCC, too, because, again, this is supposed to be America. How about people practice a little bit of personal fucking responsibility? If you don't want to be subjected to that kind of shit, then don't look at it. Okay, nobody forces you to buy a TV. Nobody forces you to use the internet. And it's like, 
this is supposed to be capitalism, right? So websites that don't have that kind of shit on it, you can choose to use. Mm-hmm. And websites that do, you can choose to use. And the other I mean, thing the whole, too. The whole like, oh, we're going to require Twitter and Facebook and all this shit to you know censor these certain types of that's all fucking bullshit nobody should be censored for anything if i if somebody wants to put their nipples on facebook i don't really see a problem with that at all (laughs) whatever okay and then if facebook if themselves choose not to allow it because they're like we want to provide a family-friendly environment on our website then that's fine that's their choice but they shouldn't be forced by the fcc nobody should be forced to as long as it's not as long as it doesn't violate laws right legitimate like, laws legitimate laws but right. like that's the kind of shit with the fcc like oh you can't advertise these certain products or you can't show nudity who who is that protecting you know what i mean right. you know, we're, we're letting facebook and pe- people on facebook post things that end up in like real life's attacks and shit and we don't address that but like yeah right. we address oh well somebody put their nipples on or somebody showed their ass crack on facebook <laughs> ban their account like oh my <laughs> god i know people have had their accounts banned <laughs> for posting pictures of their kids in the bathtub like really we're gonna take it to that level but yeah. like but again, like people can post literal threats on Facebook and like they don't get in trouble and like Facebook lets us stay at like, I don't know, dude. It's 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 a dangerous area, but there's I no think... common sense in any of the laws that are made. And that's the fucking problem because no politician anymore is actually working for any kind of betterment of the people. No, there's and, zero of that going on anymore. And the fact that they're all stalling around on these checks proves that they, all they care about is political power. They don't care about people. Or they would have, both sides would have done something long before now. Yeah, I saw this post that was, it was perfect. It said uh, $600 is what rich people think that poor people think is a lot of money. Right, And I'm like, yeah, it's fucking true. I mean, I've seen the posts floating around too. I haven't done the math myself and I'm sure it would vary depending on when you say like, you know, how many days you're counting when this shutdown started or or if you're just counting the whole year of 2020 or what, but they're like, you know, if you give us six hundred dollars, that's a dollar and thirty-two cents or something a day right. to live on. You know, and that I mean, everyone should be outraged about this. And you know, I saw that Bernie Sanders was planning to do a filibuster to make Mitch McConnell allow them to vote on this. Mm-hmm. And I haven't heard anything about that on whether or not that happened. I know they're not voting on it now. Yeah, I I haven't heard an update on that, but um, I will say that if you get your two thousand dollar check, you can thank Bernie Sanders for it, and not Mitch McConnell or or Nancy Pelosi or any of them. No. Like literally, Bernie's the only fucking one that's like, no, nah, this is not happening. And you know, Trump got up there and spouted that, which is funny too, because Republicans are like, fuck Bernie Sanders two thousand dollar check, fucking socialist. And then Trump says it, and they're like, yeah, thank you, Daddy Trump. But I'm like, do you hear your fucking self? Yeah. But the only reason I get pissed off about Trump saying it is because he knows damn well that the only reason McConnell was holding back on this shit is because he's trying to leverage to give Trump the shit he wants. Well, and not only that, but um, McConnell got blasted by Trump because last week he or whenever he acknowledged Biden was, you know, the president elect and the election was fair and all that. Trump went on some big uh, campaign against McConnell and was saying that the only reason Mitch McConnell won his his race was because of Trump. And I'm like. Okay, but Mitch McConnell's been in there for how many years? He was there way before Trump was. Like, I can't stand McConnell. The only reason but Mitch Trump McConnell's in there is because people of fucking Kentucky like to be bent over and taken <laughs> advantage of. Apparently, I mean, it's complicated, but um, it's not complicated. I it's know na- it's name recognition. They it see, is name they recognition. They see GOP and McConnell and they vote for it because that's yeah. all. They're, I just can't. I can't, I feel bad for every progressive person or any person that just straight up. What do you think's gonna happen in Georgia? <laughs> I hope that Georgia manages to save this country, but I, I doubt that well, it's going to happen. Well, they are really... I did hear that um, they were able to 
the, the GOP sued in court to try and remove a ton of people off the voter rolls. Shocker. Suppress the vote. And you can stay in power. They got did not. So those Dude, people are going to be allowed to every vote. Every single American should be outraged about that. You're literally using voter suppression. That's what I'm saying. I, I feel like the, the few weeks I've had off for coronavirus was probably good for me to be away from this microphone because I'm like seriously so hopeless. I have I have zero hope in this country at all. The shit that I have heard come out of especially over the holidays and shit because you know you're you're all around like people and you hear from people people you call people this and that like you end up interacting with a lot of people around the holidays which trying to keep it small this year especially because I just got over COVID and you know what I mean mm-hmm. like but just still even just the, the interactions that I've had I'm just like I don't even want I me of all people me. I don't want to talk about politics. Yeah, I don't. I just fucking don't because there's there's just no point and there's there I have no filter at this point to just not be like you're fucking dumb and like yeah, walk away. So I'm just I like understand I understand that, this. I can't but do like this. we have to still figure out a way to have perspective. You know what I mean? That's why I'm just I just have just shut my mouth about all of it because I'm like I can't. I just can't. <clears> I don't have the I don't have the capacity for it right now. I've I've lost sight of how I'm going to connect with people to try to pull them out of this just utter nonsense. Well, give it some time because it's still like it's Biden hasn't been sworn in yet. Give people time to calm down. Once Trump's out of office, we'll see like how if he fades into the back or if he we have to wait and see how that's going to happen. I think yeah, people we'll see how the media plays that out, too, because if they continue to give him 24-7 fucking coverage right. and he can spout off on Twitter, this shit is never going to die. Right. Like, they just need to move on and make him irrelevant like he was when he was a fucking failed TV <laughs> show host. So I don't have any local news to report because we live in Podunk, but... um. Other national news, officers who led the botched raise on Breonna Taylor's apartment got pre-termination papers. Not sure what pre-termination paper means. I wish, you know, our jobs got pre-termination paid. Like, you're just basically, you're fired, but, um, I, so I don't know what all, what that technically means. If the union's still going to fight their job, whatever, but they got pre-termination papers. So, anybody who was not having an update on Breonna Taylor, that's what's going on there. And um, the Justice Department is not going to seek charges against the officer involved in Tamir Rice incident, which is very sad, but that's what happened there. Unsurprising. There was another officer uh, shooting recently in the, um, where was that at? It was somewhere not that far from here. But anyways, the officer pulled up and um, at the house and the guy walked out with a cell phone in his hand. <laughs> the officer shot him and he's already been fired, so crazy um okay so by the next we're thinking about having like a new year's eve thing right maybe Um, it depends we have to see what techie over here is doing i know he has to go back to work so okay we have to see um what our tech setup is if we can if we can manage on our own basically um international news um journalist zhang zhang sorry if i'm not saying that right uh um is a citizen journalist in China who was reporting on COVID when it erupted over there, and she has been sentenced to four years in prison. It's a very terrible development um, because she was already on a hunger strike and I guess was being force-fed through a tube, and she's probably not going to survive. So it's very sad, and just to remind people that we are very lucky to have 
the freedom of speech we have here and we need to keep it because that's what happens when, you know, you end up with a regime that doesn't support free speech. Um, so I'm doubting that Julian Assange and Edward Snowden are going to get pardons. The right wing was floating that out there that Trump might pardon them. I don't see it happening. Are you um, sure he has any pardons left after pardoning, you know, yeah, I Kushner's mean it, dad and, uh, you yeah. know, all of his other criminal buddies and his ex-managers and... See, yada, the only yada, thing yada, that, like, confused me about what that was... there, was, like, 29 of them? Oh, yeah, there's been a lot so far. The murders from uh, Black... Um, from Eric Prince's... Yeah, the mercenaries, Blackwater yeah, mercenaries Blackwater, yeah. that he... That killed children and yeah. civilians that he pardoned. Yeah, no one wants to bring that up, but okay. But Julian Assange um, was you know, hated by Hillary. Hillary wanted to drone strike him because he released her emails. And, you know, Trump couldn't talk enough about Julian Assange and WikiLeaks when he was campaigning in 2016. But then somehow under Trump's watch, Assange was yanked from the Ecuadorian embassy and thrown in Belmarsh prison in England. And he's been there ever since. So I'm confused why people thought that Trump would pardon him. Like he hadn't done it all this time. Why would he do it now? Um, Unless it was to spite Hillary. But I don't really care if it's a spite Hillary, if Assange gets out of jail. But uh, we'll keep following up on that one. So the topic I wanted to talk about today is, you know, when you, when, when you learn about history in school, if you have history in school, one of the biggest problems that I feel happens when people are taught history is that they're taught names and dates and events and things that happened almost as if they happened in a vacuum. History teachers rarely cover, cover things in the kind of um, nuance and detail and emotion <laughs> that they happened. And they never talk about the circumstances and the influencing events that were happening that caused that historical event to come about. And in the absence of that context, when you look at current events, it's kind of hard to understand, like, you know, people will say all the time, well, I don't understand how history keeps repeating itself. Well, the reason is because you can know what happened in the past, right? You can know about the Holocaust, but if you don't understand the psychological, the sociological, the economic conditions, whatever was giving rise to the mentality of a given culture or people when an event happened it's very easy to replicate that same set of circumstances later on in a different culture and not recognize it you don't see right. those it's events like if you know if you've been taught what the number four is then when you see the number four you recognize it's the number four but unless you're taught the two plus two equals that you're right. never going to recognize when you see the two plus two that like oh shit that's four because <laughs> it, it looks different Right, right, exactly. So, you know, whenever I read about historical things, they always seem to have these similar threads that kind of tie them into the present. And I watched a documentary about, and you may have heard of this, but it was a, it was a book that was written in, believed to be Russia, in around the late 1800s. And it's called Protocols of the Elders of Zion. Have you ever heard of this, Duke? I have not ever heard of this. So most people I mention it to haven't ever heard of it. 
Um, and I, I had heard of it years and years and years ago before I saw this documentary. But basically what happened was in the 1800s, you had, in the United States, you had these, you know, plantations with a lot of slave labor. Um, and you had, you know, a lot of industries required human work, actual hands to do like mining and things like that. And you had these owners, plantation owners and, and uh, industrialists that didn't want to pay for labor. They wanted free slave labor or almost free working labor. And so throughout the 1800s, there was, you know, a lot of conflict between the classes, obviously, because you had like the poor working class, the slave, the slave class, and you had these rich oligarchs basically exploiting labor. And so throughout that movement, you know, you started to see the rise of these worker movements all over the world. And, um, you know, in this country, the attempt to abolish slavery. And that's not good for fascists. They like cheap labor. They like slave labor. So this document was kind of the culmination of anti-Semitism and fascist ideology. And it started out, um, you know, they're still not 100% sure who specifically wrote it, but it was believed that the original text was taken from a French play that was written in like 1831. And then there's actually, if you go to Wikipedia, you can find the protocols um, of the elders of Zion and you can see the text that a journalist actually found this original text from like 30 years before the protocols was written and it's word for word. It was plagiarized from this play. So basically it's the story is about a group of Jewish elites who are meeting and conspiring to take over the world. That's what the Protocols of the Elders of Zion is about. And when it was originally written, it was kind of a third person like talking about this meeting of the Jews. But then sometime around the late 1800s, the story was rewritten and it was written in the form of a minutes from a meeting. So in other words, it went from telling a story about Jews meeting to secretly conspire to take over the world to the secret document that showed the minutes of the meeting itself. And it started to get circulated among right-wing groups in Russia because Russia was coming up on the Bolshevik revolution. And there was a lot of, you know, anti Bolshevik sentiment. Now, a lot of the leaders of the Bolshevik revolution had Jewish names and some of them were Jewish leaders. So what happened was the right wing kind of co-opted this, uh, conspiratorial document about the Jews taking over the world and said, look, 
you know, the leaders of this Bolshevik revolution, they're Jewish. So it just proves that the Jews are trying to take over the world. They're trying to, you know, implement anarchy and chaos. And, you know, this is all what they talked about at their secret meeting was how they would start anarchy and chaos and they would take over the world. And, and so when the Bolshevik revolution was, you know, coming about, these right-wingers were very adept at using that anti-Semitism to kind of work in their argument. And um, there was some suspicion that the document was a hoax, was a forge, but just like today, you know, what you were saying, Juke, is how when people want to believe something, like even if you prove that it's fake, if people are invested in wanting to believe that it's true, um, then they just choose to believe it. And that's what I'm saying. I guess at the end of the day, you know, despite my angry outbursts, that truly only comes from a place because I'm so sick of the two sides and the just the blatant lack of fucks that they give about any working class people. And I just, it just seems like every single day we move further and further from the working class ever being a united front. Well, the interesting thing about it is, and why I brought this up, is because for people to understand that their minds are being manipulated, <laughs> they have to almost pull back that curtain and see the wizard, right, pulling the levers to say, oh my God, like I've been tricked. So you and I are always trying to figure out, like, what is the thing that we could pull back the curtain and show people who's behind the manipulating the levers? So that's why I look for stories like this to kind of show people how that is done. You know, how is it that people continually from generation to generation to generation get manipulated? Because they, that's what they want. They believe what they want. And, and why do people do that? I guess that's my biggest thing is that I, I lack the ability to understand why people are willing to believe what they want over believing the truth. Because, I mean, we learn that as a young age. You know what I mean? You grow up and you realize the Tooth Fairy and Santa Claus aren't real. And is that fun? No. It sucks. But mm -hmm. we all come to terms with reality. And some of the shit that these people believe, I mean, it, it just seems as nonsensical to me as, as the fucking Tooth Fairy. And I'm just like, at some point, it's time to just admit that, you know, you were wrong or you were misled or right. whatever. And, well, just, I think and just move on and realize that moving on is in your best interest. Like, being so stubborn... And choosing to believe things you know are false. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't understand the, the willingness, the willingness to keep up the charade. Well, a lot of it has to do with the level of uh, cognitive dissonance, dissonance that people can withstand. So when you hear something, you want it to already fit in with what you know to be true. So if you hear something and it's completely inconsistent with what you know to be true... You either want to tune it out or it makes you angry and you want to rebut it. You're very resistant to accept something that seems foreign and seems wrong. And we're all that way. Like, I mean, are we though? Because again, like Biden's president now, but I can tell you right now, I'm not going to wear that motherfucker's name on a hat and I'm going to continue to criticize him and shit on all of the bad things that he eventually will do. You know what I mean? Like, I have no desire to be loyal to them or their party. And, and even when Bernie Sanders, even talking about the stimulus thing, 
I think that Bernie is fighting for the $2,000, but, you know, one day he's saying, you know, Trump needs to make sure this $2,000 happens. And then when Trump hesitated on signing for the $600, you know, he he puts out on his platform that, you know, Trump needs to sign this $600. And it's like, it just kind of seems like you're swaying back and forth on whatever makes Trump looks bad. And maybe it's just bad wording. I don't know. But I just, I also feel like he's getting kind of distracted with keeping Trump the enemy. Right, right, right. Which he is, but you shouldn't have to spoon feed that to people constantly. Right, right, don't right. get distracted. No, and again, exactly I mean, I know he's that. not the person running his Facebook page, mm-hmm. but like, you got to keep an eye on that shit. You know right. what I mean? Like, he, ultimately, it's his responsibility to make sure that what they're putting out is quote unquote his brand. If right. it's under his name, it needs to be consistent with what he's saying. So when I'm watching what he's saying, he's saying, you know, pass the $600 and then we're going to continue to push for this 2000 but the stuff that his Facebook page was posting just seemed like it was too distracted on just, well, let's just post whatever we have to to make Trump look like the bad guy. And I'm like, that's not. No, right. I, I see that. And, you and know. But you know what? But I'm saying that because I fucking like Bernie. Mm-hmm. I like Bernie a lot. But here I am still being skeptical and, and right. critical of even the stupidest shit like what's posted on his platforms. Right. You know what I mean? So I guess I truly do not understand that. And when I when I meet most people who are progressives. Or, you know, people I say who have similar views than mine. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether or not they're just saying it to me, um, you know, because people obviously vote one way in the voting booth when nobody's watching. They can say whatever mm-hmm. they want. But I don't see anybody who's a diehard loyal for Biden or Clinton or, or any of them the same way that people were for Trump. So I guess that kind of mentality just doesn't seem to make sense to me because I see people who are progressives, not necessarily Democrats, mm-hmm. like older Democrats kind of are die, diehards. Um but the younger generation, I don't see that diehard, you know, faith towards the Democratic Party. I don't see that. Mm-hmm. I, I have not seen a single person wearing a Biden shirt or a hat or any of that. that that's fucking weird. Well, no one does that. I mean, I think that they're, they're, the right wing, and this is something that I'm going to get into in this talk, is that I feel like the right wing is much more strategic. They're much more or, uh, organized. They... Uh, are better at they're better at emotional manipulation um and so these these this this protocols this you know conspiracy about the jews um you know taking over the world it was um they believe it was the work of a russian the russian secret police which was called the okrana um and pyotr ivanovich rakovsky was the leader of the Akrana, and he was a master forger of documents. So he would get his secret agents to, he would create fake documents for them to infiltrate organizations and basically destroy them from the inside. So that's probably where he came up with this idea of, oh, the Jews are going to infiltrate society and they're going to ruin it from the inside, blah, 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 blah. Um, He wrote a pamphlet called Anarchy and Nihilism, and it basically describes the same 24 pre- uh, you know, ideas in the protocols that the Jews were going to use to take over the world. It's the same as in his book. So that's why they've kind of believed he was the actual first author of it. Um, so then like five years later, uh, you know, the, the protocols begins to circulate um, and it starts to look like a firsthand document. That's whenever it's converted over into looking like minutes from the secret meeting. And then it's disseminated to a number of key conservative organizations, and they continue to share it amongst themselves. And we always talk about how conspiracies uh, spread on Facebook really fast and how they spread on social media. 
And it amazed me when I watched this documentary how this conspiracy theory spread over the whole world in an age before, like, telephones. Yeah, I mean, people think that Facebook is the reason why this shit happens, but... No, it's human nature. It's, yeah, what it, happens. it's not... Uh, if, if it wasn't Facebook, it would just be something else. So then what happened next was in 1903, a version of the protocols was uh, produced by Rakovsky, and it was published in a St. Petersburg newspaper. Um, and the editor of the paper was a complete total fascist and, an, and a heavy anti-Semite. His name was Pavlachi Kushavan. Um, and he was so anti-Semitic that he wrote all these different articles in his newspaper, editorials against the Jews, and eventually it sparked a riot in Kizhnev that where 45 Jewish people were murdered and 1,300 Jewish homes and businesses were burned. So this guy was definitely an inspirer of the hatred of Jews to the point where people actually took action against them. He also printed a cheap pamphlet, a cheap pamphlet version of the protocols for mass distribution. And um, uh, he created an organization called the Union of Russian People or the Black Hundreds. And they started to commit acts of terror and assassination against uh, Jewish intellectuals. So... In all, amidst all of these activities, right, he, this editor, um, Khrushchevan, becomes wealthy and he gets elevated in his, in his uh, political stature because he's a hate monger. <laughs> so other people start to notice this and they're like, hey, like this hating on Jews thing, it, it works pretty good. Like you can make some money, you can become famous. Um, so there was a guy by the name of Sergei Nilis who was a Christian mystic. Which back in the day, apparently, you could be a Christian and also believe in like occult stuff. Um, and he was an advisor to the Romanovs, which was the royal family in uh, Russia. And um, so Sergei Nilis presents these protocols to Tsar Nicholas. And Tsar Nicholas is like, oh my God, the Jews are trying to take over the world. So he believes it full heartedly. And, um, in 1905, a version of the protocols was printed with a Romanov seal on it. So that gave it like the official Russian government, this, this is official shit. Okay, we are, we are endorsing this as being like for real. And also that year, the protocols were sent to the Russian Orthodox Church. And they were included in a sermon at over 368 churches. Oh, so, that's some indoctrination right there. <laughs> some right, serious. Right. So the thing is, like, if you look at the progression of things, so first this document gets circulated among conservative elites, right? Fascist and conservative uh, people that are pretty hardcore on that side. Then it starts to bleed out into politicians. They start leaking this thing to, like, influential people like the czar. Then they get the church involved, and the church starts preaching it in the pulpit. Hmm, this seems Doesn't it seem familiar. very familiar? It's crazy. So, um, you know, the church almost adopted these protocols of the elders of Zion like it was another book in the Bible, which is crazy. Um, but once the government and the church was behind the conspiracy theory... <laughs> You know, like what could go wrong there, right? Well, three weeks later, more than a thousand Jews were massacred in Odessa. 
Um, and then, like I said, Russia was coming up on the on the the revolution, and these right wing fascists were taking this whole anti semitism thing, and they were combining anti semitism with the left and with workers. So we've never seen that, have we? Like where they say everybody on the left is of the devil, they're evil, um, baby killers, <laughs> baby you know. Killers, you know. So anyways, um, Tsar Nicholas actually asked for an official government inquiry into the protocols and found out it was a forgery. It was fake. But wow. guess what happened when he said, hey, guys, let's just disavow this. It's, it's a lie. It's nonsense. Nobody cared at that point because you let the genie out of the bottle. You've stirred up people's race hatred against Jewish people. It's, you're, it's done now. So um, in spite of his order to reject it, 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 it continued like wildfire. Well, then the Bolsheviks overthrew the Russian government and um, Nicholas and the entire royal family and all of his children included were murdered, which was horrible. But it added fuel to the fire because, of course, it proved that the left is truly evil because they murdered the royal family. Now, the first investigator to show up um, after the murder of the czar said that he found three books at the murder scene and one of them was a book called the great and the small by sergey nilis and inside was a copy of the protocols of zion so this is like dun 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 that was a pretty good sound effect proof gotta give it to you right there jews thank you jews were behind it so um Naturally, once the Bolsheviks overthrew the government in Russia, right? What happens? The leftists are in charge. So what happens to the right wing? They flee. They get the f out of town. Where do they go? Europe. Flee Russia and go to ding, 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 Germany. 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 You guessed right. You win the prize of the day. So one of these characters is named Fyodor Vinberg, who settles in Berlin in 1920. And he turns the protocols, the copy that he took in his, when he fled, to a guy by the name of Godfrey Zorbeek. The protocols is pr are printed immediately and becomes a bestseller. Gets on the bestseller in Germany. Starting a Jew hate. Well, actually, there was a lot of anti-Semitism in Germany before this happened. But this didn't help any. So, um, basically the saying around Germany says was, you know, if the Jews could do it to Russia, they could do it to Germany. And that kind of mimics the whole thing of, remember the U.S. policy that if any country became communist, it would lead to another company, country becoming communist, which would lead to another country becoming, and pretty soon the whole world would be communist. That's why I went to Vietnam, you know, while well, we said we went to Vietnam was because if Vietnam fell to the communists, then the next thing you know, it's a domino effect. Well, this is exactly what they're saying here, is that, you know, well, look, the Bolsheviks took over Russia, and they're going to come for Germany next. So, uh, there were quite a few literary figures in Germany, like I said, uh, in the 1800s, who had already were accustomed to blaming Jews for everything that happened in Germany. So the protocols of Zion just kind of upped that. Now, another thing happened. This was in 1920. 
The Times of London, which was a very respectable publication, they print the protocols. But they, they, they're respectable, right? So they can't be like, oh, conspiracy the Jews. So what they do is they print the protocols and they just ask the question, what are these protocols? Are they real? Are they not real? They played that innocent. You know, and it's sad, too, that you can't put information out there like that and just have people who are critical thinkers enough to be like, hold up. You know what I mean? Like, it's sad that even in America, and I've had this conversation with so many people about, like, you know, when people say Trump shouldn't be allowed to be on Twitter and, like, after after he's not president anymore, Twitter should just ban him. And I'm like, you know, that's their choice um, to do that, obviously. Um but at the same time, it's it's just sad, like, that m- me believing in true freedom, I believe that even people like Trump should be free to say what they want to say. But it's just sad that in this country, more and more, we can't have that because people aren't intelligent enough to be like, hold on. Well, the bottom is this line, fact? the bottom line is, though, you can't repress it. Because if you try to repress him, what's going to happen is it'll just get gonna, bigger. Yeah. It'll just get bigger. And that's what, the protocols of Zion are still around today. And people still believe it's real. And it's been like proven to be false like 20 times over. But people still have this anti-Semitic thing that they they believe it. You know what I mean? That's the question then. You know, how do we how do we start? From a, from a very young age, teaching people to analyze the information that they're consuming and well, form their own part of unbiased it, opinions. Part of the problem is the, the way that I read this is that um, people of influence, for example, Winston Churchill, when he read the protocols, guess what he said? Jews are trying to take over the world. And, you know, that's a guy that people you know, looked up to. And so that's a a big part, the influencer. So like after the times of London printed the protocols, not long after that, they come into America. But that's what I don't get. Like, you know, even if, even if you are a fan of someone, I mean, we see this with celebrities all the time. People like a celebrity and then that celebrity comes out and says something that people are like, wow, that was really shitty. And they stop watching their movies. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know why that doesn't apply across the board. For everyone, because I feel like that's how I am to an extent. I mm-hmm. mean, like I know a lot, a couple celebrities and musicians that are like Trump supporters, and I don't like that. But you know what I mean? Like I'm not just like oh fucking boycott everything because I'm like we're still in America. Like people have the right to vote how they want. Right. I mean, I don't have to continue to support them if if they're like a super crazy like. I mean, I don't like Kid Rock to begin with, but you know he was kind of up there mm. with uh, Trump being all crazy and buddy buddy, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not. I would never listen to your music again if I was a fan to begin with, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, again, people have to start, stop stop having blind loyalty to anything. Right. Well, and I think there's like this perception that you, if you, like when people said, well, Trump was a good businessman, so I thought he'd be good for the country. Well, you were basing your idea that he was a, a good businessman on what? Like, so the next thing that happened with this protocols was Henry Ford, who we all know is the maker, you know, entrepreneur and made Ford vehicles. Right. Um, he had, he ran a newspaper in Dearborn, Michigan called the Dearborn independent. And he was also a huge anti-Semite. So he reads these protocols and believes that they're true. And he starts writing a weekly article in his newspaper talking about the protocols of Zion. 
And then, and he distributes the articles he writes about the Protocols of Zion to his showrooms to be shown to like people coming there to buy a car. And then in November that year, he published the protocols along with his own like <laughs> Jew hate and diatribe in like four freaking volumes. And he called it the international Jew, the world's foremost problem. And half a million. Imagine thinking that. Imagine thinking that you can just put a label on people and that they're all the same and that they all have some kind of evil agenda. Right. Like shit, dude. I can't even do that to like right. all Republicans. It doesn't even make common sense. Like, but like he printed a half a million copies in the United States. Yeah. The, the, literally the world has always had a history of hating Jews. Yes, of course. I mean, that's documented. And then on top of that, like, but the, of the half a million copies he printed in the U.S., like, apparently Americans were not, like, that biting on Jews because, like, it was a flop. But he also funded producing the book in Europe in 16 languages. This was a passion for Henry Ford. Hating on Jews was a passion for this man. So one of the people that picked up on Ford's volumes of diatribes against jews was adolf hitler and you know so when i watched this documentary i'm thinking to myself okay people think that germany we think of germany because they were the nazis right as like this like bubble of like hatred that just rose up in germany and there are some particular factors about germany like the economic situations and whatnot that led to them being falling victim to such hatred for Jews, but it started in Russia. Right, yeah. I against people, the workers' movement. Fascist the, against a workers' movement. People have the common misconception, too, that Adolf Hitler created the hatred against Jews. And right, he didn't. no. Like, someone taught that to him. Yes. And he eugenics. He didn't just, like, make that shit up. Like, we did a whole episode on eugenics, the mm -hmm. eugenics movement. So you got to think back to this time period when, you know, people were brought into the whole genetic thing and like the better babies and create a better race and the, by that you mean there's also defective races so you had all that going on at the same time though like you said there was a pre-existing suspicion and hatred of jews that has followed them everywhere they've gone on the earth and then on top of that you know you got the fascists using the hatred of jews and the Bolshevik connection to say, oh, leftists and workers, worker parties are evil. And that followed over into why do you think Henry Ford was such a hater of, of that? Because what was he? He was a capitalist. He was an industrialist. So he didn't want workers movements getting, you know what I'm saying? It all breaks down along that class system. Right. It's kind of like step one. If you want to keep the working class under, you know, under your boot is demonize one group of people keep those people down by demonizing them and then you know distract the people the other people use them as the hate mongers right so they have something to hate and be distracted from the fact that they're being taken advantage of yeah i mean it's literally it's textbook we do it all the time so basically most people uh revoked their support winston churchill recanted said it, that he didn't believe in the protocols anymore um you know and Henry Ford, like seven years afterwards, finally sent an apology to, you know, the Jewish leaders and said, 
that he apologized for that. But he, but they say t- to his death, he still believed, even though he, he apologized for saying the protocols of Zion was real, he still believed that the stuff that the Jews were still trying to take. Well, over I'd be on. interested to see, you know, when people started being like, oh, well, this person believes this really awful thing, so I'm not going to buy their product. Because that's probably why he came out and said it, because it made his company look bad. I mean... That's typically why anybody apologizes for anything in the public eye anymore. Well, that's true. So, um, but yeah, Hitler mentions the protocols specifically in Mein Kampf and then, uh, you know, goes on to make sure when he becomes chancellor that there, it is widely disseminated and a copy is in every German home. He also makes it required reading for the German youth movement. Um, and then uh, it continues on and is advanced by a man by the name of Julius Stryker, who was a newspaper publisher. He published a paper called the Der Sturmer. And if you're thinking that sounds like the Daily Stormer, yeah, that racist newspaper that's online that has been kicked off Google and kicked off, yeah, Der Stormer, it came from that. Daily Stormer came from Der Sturmer. So it's still around today, obviously. But, um, but the thing I found interesting about this was the utilization of the church. And um, there was, a, there's a lady by the name of Catherine Stewart who, she has a book called The Rise of uh, Christian Nationalism. And she talks about how the church, there's these certain church leaders that are very powerful in politics. And... They hold Bible studies at the Capitol. One of them is, the, his name is uh, Dolinger. Um, let's see, what's his first name here? I got it. Ralph I was gonna say, Drolinger. Sorry, Ralph Drolinger. And he is a evangelical Christian. He holds prayer at the Capitol with the likes of, you know, Mike Pence and Mike Pompeo and all these religious nuts on the Capitol. And what he does is he, in his Bible studies, is he talks about how biblically they support low taxes for the rich and basically go against workers' rights. Now you say, well, how the hell do they justify workers' rights? Well, literally... They go into the Bible and they talk about how slaves are supposed to submit to their masters. This is crazy shit. You got people up on Capitol Hill telling our elected leaders that they need to vote all social programs out because there should be no social safety net except the church. This is what they advocate for. The only social safety net should be the husband and the church. That's it. Why? Because that's their power. That's their mechanism of control over society is patriarchy and the church being in charge of your life. And if you rely on the church, if you become hungry, if there's a crisis and you need the church, that means you're under the church's thumb. And that's why our social welfare programs became secularized so that people wouldn't feel like they had to submit to the church anymore. And these people, this Ralph Drollinger guy, they want to bring back, and so do the, the Koch brothers. They want to eliminate minimum wage. They want to eliminate all social safety net, and they want to make people basically be a slave class. And, and they openly quote the Bible and say, 
Well, the Bible says that slaves are biblical. Jesus never talked about anything about slaves. He's, he never had an objection to slaves. What? So if you, ha if you think that I'm exaggerating, you can actually go online and look up Ralph Drollinger's Bible studies because he puts them online and you can find him quoting the Bible talking about how all of us, you know, should submit. And they instruct these ministers that if a person asks you about $15 minimum wage, you throw the abortion issue at them and you ask them, what's more important, a few more dollars or a life? So they're conditioning people, they're using the church again to advance a fascist ideology. Yeah, see, this must be something fundamentally different about me than someone who is conservative and buys into this bullshit. Because if I asked you a legitimate question about wages and you threw that argument at me, I'd be like, are you literally fucking dense? Because that's not what I ask you, you asshole. Like, so, I, I would immediately be offended that you're trying to sidetrack the argument. Like, you know what? I just got to give a shout out right now because maybe it's growing up with a manipulative, narcissistic parent that has made me so 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 like skeptical of everything anyone says and keeping people on track but like and you should clarify you're probably not talking about yeah, me <laughs> no <laughs> no um yeah wow i can't i can't maybe that's also the reason why there is no person on this earth that i'm willing to have loyalty to without questioning Maybe it all comes back to a psychological thing for me, and that's why I'm not that way. And I can't, I don't connect with people who are like that. And I, I legitimately have no idea why anyone has loyalty to to anything but themselves and and their families. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you worship a politician or a god or just any of that, I do not connect with that shit. Well, and because pick basically, it when it comes down to it, I don't give a fuck if I followed the same person and thought that they were great and took up for them and whatever for 10 or 15 years it doesn't matter the second that they make a choice that i'm like this is not good for my family they're done they're cut right. off and here's the thing the bible is a big book okay i haven't read it all but i've read a lot of parts of it because i used to be a very devout christian person and you know to me the everything and i still say to this day everything that jesus taught in the bible i fully endorse jesus was believed in mercy and forgiveness and love and empathy and, you know, treating other people how you want to be treated. And so I feel like he was there trying to tear down the hierarchy of the church. The you know elitism. I don't know much about um, that religion or about Jesus himself. But I think the one super obvious thing was that Jesus believed in sacrifice because obviously he was sacrificed on a cross. So it always makes me laugh when Republicans who claim that they vote because of topics like, you know, that, that they're religious and they have to vote based on things like abortion and this and that. It also makes me funny that this is the same people. It makes me laugh. I think it's funny that this is the same people that are like, well, I have to vote in my best interest. You know, I have to vote for me and my industry. I can't worry about what other people. And I'm just like. In my paycheck. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. I thought you were a Jesus thumper. Jesus was all about sacrifice. Mm -hmm. how are you, how? And humility. I mean, well, and, and humility. Right, exactly. So I'm like, I just, like, find a better argument. Like, if you, if you literally just want to come out and say, I have no reason for voting for this or that other than i vote in my own self-interest then it's like okay at least that's a at least that's a leg to stand on but don't try to seem like you have to do it because you have some moral obligation when in reality it's just an excuse like well, i guess the, i'm tired of that too i'm yeah. tired of people not being willing to stand by the the biggest problem i think our country has is we are we don't have any personal responsibility at all we have mm -hmm. none 
America has none. And it's, it destroys every fiber of, of, I mean, to have freedom, you have to have personal responsibility. And we just don't have it anymore. So I don't know where, I I mean, I just, I, I am actually terrified to see where this country is when I'm ready to retire. I'm honestly like, if I, you know, it's privileged of me to even say this. So, because I, I would never advocate for this being a reality because I'm, I'm a white female. Um, so you know, I know that I'm not the one that would be affected the worst by it. But sometimes I just wish that the Republicans could get every single thing that they wanted and just let all the people that support it see where that gets us. You know what I mean? And I mean, it's easy for me to say that because for all intents and purposes, I'm a straight white female. So I'm not going to be the one that suffers the most. So I would never truly advocate for that. But don't you just think that sometimes? Like, just give them everything they want so people can see exactly what it actually is. Well, that's called... And then called, we'll never have to deal with this problem again. That's called falling on your own sword. And sometimes you feel like that's the only last effort is to just let people do what they're going to do and let them fall on their own sword and then say, Gee, well, okay, did you learn something from that? But you're right. It is dangerous and sad because sometimes just like this protocol thing... Once it gets out of control, once a genie's out of the bottle, it's hard to put it back in. Like what's happened with Trump in the last four years is beyond what we've ever seen as far as people going into, you know, fascist ideology, dictator. This guy that is is holding prayer meetings, this Dolinger, Drollinger guy, he told Trump he wants him to turn America into a benevolent dictatorship. Okay. That should scare people because there is no such thing as a benevolent dictatorship. There isn't such a thing. It doesn't exist. And, you know, just to quote you uh, from Drollinger's Bible study, this is uh, Peter 2.18. What he quotes is a justification for people not having workers' rights. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters. Not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable to God. So in other words, you shouldn't just submit to a beating from your master. But if you, especially if you haven't done anything wrong, you should submit to your the beating even more. And I'm like, what the... F- like, that's literally the definition of training someone to be a submissive sheep is to long for abuse. Is that so? That's the piece out of the giant book of the Bible that this fascist picks out to try to train his flock into being submissive to their corporate masters. That's the part that this guy picks out of the Bible. What about the part where Jesus washes another person's feet? What about that? You don't pick that part of the Bible. No, you pick this part that says, submit to your corporate masters. That's the part you advocate for. So you know what? You can go screw yourself, Mr. Drollinger, because you're not a Christian. You're just a fascist businessman using Christianity as your, as your fucking playbook. And you're training all these ministers to go out and brainwash their, their parishioners to do that. You know, and, and they get around the whole political tax-free you know, church status, because the ministers don't go in the pulpit and tell their congregation to tell their congregants how to vote. They get other parishioners and educate them to go out and tell the other parishioners. How. So it's, it's being used as a political tool. These are political churches are becoming political organizations, you know, and I really want to get this lady's book because I want to see like, she probably gets into the detail about it. But the bottom line is that we need to be fully aware of all the mechanisms these fascists are using. And the QAnon conspiracy 
the way this shit is being spread around to me is the modern day version of the protocols of Zion. They're ramping up people's fear and paranoia, taking advantage of that, making people go down these rabbit holes, driving them insane so that they will cling on to this belief and become part of the cult. And it's just no, and it's going to lead to the same kind of destruction as what happened with the protocols of Zion if we don't put the brakes on it. I wait to see what happens. Sometimes I wish this country could just separate itself into two equal land masses <laughs> and one side could just be all the Republicans. And um, We did that once in or, 1860. You know, or actually three parts because then the right extremists can have middle land. They can have their middle land and the left extremists can have their middle land and then all the logical people can just have like the Midwest. And we just not fucking talk to each other. <laughs> You just have whatever the fuck you want. We'll just do trade deals with each other. Yeah, and, but know. then we might end up with another civil war. We don't want that. Well, no, just build a fucking wall. Isn't that their answer for everything? Just put some fucking walls up. You keep your people, we'll keep our people. Yeah, we'd be fucked too. It makes me laugh when, um, you know, just joking about that idea, that idea that people are like, we should just cut California off. And I'm like, how will places like Kentucky and West Virginia survive <laughs> without fucking California paying our welfare bills? Oh, yeah. Shit. Oh, yeah. So, what's our time? We're out of time. We're, we're like thirty time. minutes over. But oh, I don't, don't want to cut you off if you're in the. If you want to, if you were gonna go on to something else. No, I don't want to drag it on too long. Even though we haven't got to talk to you guys for so long, but um, we'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. We're on a normal schedule now. Hopefully, all through twenty twenty one, we'll be able to keep a normal schedule. I mean, unless you get coronavirus. Oh God. Or I get it again, since apparently. You can get it again. Let's hope not. <laughs> so thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. Look up some more information about this protocol design. Don't go down rabbit holes about it because it was a fraud. But I'm just saying that was some that was some crazy conspiracy stuff that went all over the globe, man. It caused so much damage and it led to the Holocaust, dude. Like to, to not let it happen again. That's why we have to know about it. And uh, just be watching out you know, for extremism and allow yourself some cognitive dissidence and don't get too worked up about stuff. That's all I got. All right. All right. Well, this is Juke signing off. And this is Mick signing off.